Welcome to the Harvest Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that it will encourage and inspire you. Enjoy this week's message. This morning, I, I like to uh, talk about what not to do in a crisis. You see, there are three categories of people here this morning. Everyone belongs to one of these three. Number one, you have a crisis right now and you are in the midst of coming to the end of the tunnel. You are coming out of it. Secondly, those who are presently going through a storm. All right? Right now, it's very tough. It's a period where you are praying that God will give you strength. God will give you ability. God will give you the grace to sustain whatever that is thrown at you right now. And you are praying for God's favor. And third category, smile please. Some of you here, you are not coming out. You are not going through. You are about to get into a storm. Hey! Some of you say. In fact, some of you uh, have told me jokingly, you say, Pastor, Pastor, you started this taboo series, huh? No joke, you know, you talk about death to death already. Can you stop about taboo series? Ah? I, I say, uh, if that is so, I talk about money, why no money coming yet? They only want to take what, what I say, they, you know, or I talk about quarreling, why no healing yet? I talk about strife, I talk about other things, why people uh, uh, don't act on it. When you talk about death, everybody becomes sensitive. And so this morning, I'm, I'm going to talk about what not to do in a crisis, okay? So some of you here, you are smiling, you don't know what's happening yet, but you see, life does not give us any exemption. Even if the Lord Jesus is with us, does not guarantee there is no storm. Jonah went to a storm because God sent a storm. Then you find the disciples went into a storm even though they obeyed mark chapter 4 the lord sent them to go over to the other side and soon a storm came and hit them so even though they were obedient to the voice of god they faced a storm sometimes even when the lord is with us in the boat we face a storm the lord was with them and yet there was a huge storm that came and almost drowned them so it doesn't mean as Christian, it doesn't mean that the presence of God is with us. We face no storm. What we need to do is this morning, I don't have the time because of time is of, uh, limited here. If you can, go back and read the whole chapter of Acts chapter 27. It's a story towards the end. Acts only got 28 chapter 27. Luke is writing about Paul's ministry. And Paul's ministry is coming to an end. He has been sentenced to in prison. And now he's on the way, on the way to Rome. Because he appealed to Caesar. And so he is sent now in a ship. Now this is not a small ship. You must understand. Later if you read chapter 27 of Acts. 276 sailors or other passengers were in that ship. Now, please put things in perspective. This is a couple of thousand years ago. There is no motorized uh, ship. They have sailed. There is no navigation equipment. You must understand the limitation they had. They had no navigation equipment. 
And so when the storm hit them, 14 days, I'm, I'm just telling you this is the biggest storm that anyone have gone through. For 14 days, no sun, no star. That's what the Bible says. This is one storm, everybody thought they're going to die. You see, you cannot sail if there is no sun to tell you where you are going. You cannot sail if there's no compass. You don't know. It was total darkness for 14 days. And for a large part of those 14 days, they had no appetite to eat because the ship was tossed. You can't hold on to anything you eat in the first place. So many of them were fasting, not by choice. They had no choice. They had to fast. They, they were not eating at all. And in the midst of all this, I'm putting everything in context. Let's go to point number one. And point number one is this. Whenever we face a crisis, there are certain things we should not do. Remember, certain things we should not do. Number one, okay, don't drift. You see, Paul and 275 of the passengers in the ship, it must be quite a large ship. They had to depend on sail. And we read here, the ship was caught by the storm and could not hate into the wind. And so we give way to it and we were driven along. So there was no way they could sail. And because the storm and the wind was so adverse, they, they couldn't do anything. So they allowed themselves to be drifted. They allow themselves to be different. And I put a small note there, and that is whenever we face something overwhelming, we often, so overwhelming, we don't know what to do. We allow ourselves, it can be a form of a sickness, it can be a form of a crisis. We just stare at a giant, just like for 40 days, the Israelites stare at Goliath, and the thundering voice of Goliath was, Give me a man, let's settle this. They look awestruck. Looking at the 10 feet giant, they allow themselves to be drifted. There was no one who could challenge this giant for 40 days, day and night, twice. Once in the morning, once in the evening, Goliath will come out and terrorize the army of Israel. 40 days, they stare at the giant, no will to fight, no courage to face against Goliath. They allow themselves to be drifted. Why? Same like the sailor. There is no way they could contain this storm, no way they can contain the wind. So they allow themselves to be drifted. This morning, there's a danger here. I don't know what you are facing. Sometimes we come to a stage where the illness is too overwhelming. Whatever situation that you are in right now faces you, and you look at it, financially you don't have the means, physically you don't have the strength, you'll stare at this crisis, and you allow yourself to be drifted. What choice do you have? 276 men. They couldn't do anything because the elements were against them. So this morning, 
don't. Don't allow yourself to be drifting. Sometimes the danger is we got no more strength, no more strength to fight. That's why we don't fight anymore. Sometimes this danger can even come to a marriage life. Initially, there is argument. Initially, there is quarreling, which is quite good for a healthy marriage. Hmm? Pastor, you sure not? Which marriage here has no quarrel? Put your hands up. I'm looking. There will be exchange. George, do you put your hands up? Sorry. All right. You know, there will be argument. Sometimes there are explosive argument, which is good. Because some argument shows you care. There are some marriages, some relationship, not just marriages, some relationship have come to a stage where they don't care anymore. So, in other words, they don't say anything anymore. They allow this to drift. You can see this in their home. You can see this in the church. They don't care anymore. Ayah, let it be lah, pastor. Let it be lah. They don't care anymore. Because if you care, you would want to stand up for what you believe. But you don't care anymore. You are totally indifferent to the whole thing. Ayah, no point arguing lah. Pastor, you don't know how long I've been in this marriage. Every time I argue, no point. Lah. Just let him be what he wants to be. Lah. Sometimes we, we take this attitude to our children. Ayah, Pastor, you don't know. Lah. I've tried speaking to them. No point. Lah. Ayah, whatever they want to do, let them do. Lah. So we allow ourselves to be drifted. You see, this is where they started. Israel, Caesarea. Okay? They started from there, and this is the Mediterranean Sea. That this is where the fierce storms hit them, and they went round and round, round and round for 14 days. No day, no night, all right? No day, no night. They were caught in a typhoon of some sort, or hurricane of some sort. No way they could get out of it. No way they could get out of it. The fiercest storm that the Apostle Paul ever had. That's why later when Paul was asked to reveal his credential, he said, I've been shipwrecked three times and, and, and he named his experiences out of that storm. Let me go on. Number two, don't discard. Whenever we face a crisis in our life, the tendency is we often resort to throwing things. Now, if you read Acts chapter 27, where first they allow themselves to drift. Secondly, they realize 276 men in a ship with a cargo and grain and everything else, they, there's no way they could contain the sail. And so they came to an opinion that the ship was too heavy. So what did they do? To save themselves, we read. All right, you go back and read. First, they discard their cargo in verse 18. They throw off their cargo to lighten the ship. Then, they throw off the ship's tackle in verse 19. They threw it off. Still, they were in a storm. There is no end to it. Eventually, in verse 38, they threw off their food. They threw off their food. Now, there's a lesson here. And the lesson is this. There's a tendency for you and me, whenever we face a crisis that we cannot contain, 
we just give up. Give up on relationship, give up believing, give up trusting, give up going, just give it up. And there's this tendency in all of us here, including myself. When we come to a situation, we cannot, I uh, just, like the passenger in the ship, just throw it off, throw it off. So some of us here, unknowingly, we have thrown away some good relationship. Some of us here, you have thrown a lot, you have thrown a lot of good things over the years. Why? Because whenever you face something overwhelming, you just don't know how to contain it. So they started throwing things out of their lives, throwing their faith, throwing their belief, throwing their value. They just surrender. So this morning, this is a lesson for all of us here. Don't discard the danger of being impulsive. Neither the sun nor the star appear for many days. And the storm continued raging, so we finally gave up all hope of being saved. The third thing that we allow ourselves to give up is hope. Finally, no sun, no moon, no star, they don't know where they were, no food, no direction, all seems hopeless. So they gave up hope. They gave up hope. Sometimes we get a feeling, ah, no point living. Ah. So they give up. Allowed themselves to be drifted. Allowed themselves to discard. And then finally, allowed themselves to come to a point of great despair. Because things didn't work out that way. But you see, let me not close this sermon. Because something did happen. Something did happen. And we read here, the storms went on for 14 days. Right? We read in the scripture, 14 days. There were 276 people in that ship, fearing that we would dash against the rock. We read here in verse 30, uh, 29, they dropped four anchors from their stern and prayed for, day, for daylight. So there is something they did. Instead of allowing their ship to be drifted further, they decided that in the midst of all this, let's throw down our anchor. Throw down our anchor. And this morning, my encouragement to you is, whatever situation you may be facing right now, remember, even though it is out of control, throw down your anchor. Don't allow yourself to be drifted further. Throw it down. Now, there are three anchors that I want to share with you this morning. And that is this. We must learn, right, the anchor of God's presence. You see, in the midst of all this, Paul decided to pray. Because his life was also in danger. And so what happened? The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, don't be afraid, Paul. Now, even the great apostle was afraid. Otherwise, the angel of the Lord would not say to him, don't be afraid. Come on. Sometimes we, are, we, we, we want to put on a, a brave front. Hmm. I'm a man. Men don't cry. 
Man doesn't show fear. No, when you go to a storm for 14 days and 14 nights, even the apostle Paul was afraid. And that's why the angel came and said, Don't be afraid, Paul. And gave him an assurance. You must stand trial before Caesar. And God has graciously given you the lives of all. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? You see, sometimes people are being protected and safe because of us. You may be the one riding on the plane. And if a plane is about to crash... God will say to you, because of you, the rest of the passenger in a plane will be safe. And Paul got the assurance. God told him, Paul, I have a purpose for you, number one. But before that, he said this, I am with you. I am with you. If you read verse 23 and 24, I am with you in the storm. So the presence of God is the first anchor. Hallelujah. This morning, if you heard nothing, the Lord say, I am with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, He is with me. Yeah, He's with me. I am with you, the presence of God. First anchor you've got to draw. The presence of God is with us. Hallelujah. Secondly, in Paul's case, there was another incident. In Paul's case, Another time in a city of Karin, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, don't be afraid. Now, it seems that fear is a very human thing. In these seasons of Christmas, you find Gabriel, the angel, you know, I, I'm, I'm preparing my Christmas sermon for next Sunday and on Christmas Day. I'm amazed amazed by the supernatural activity that takes place during Christmas season. The angels of God will send Gabriel to Joseph, to Mary, to the shepherd, to Elizabeth, to Zechariah. It's a hive of activity, angelic visitation. And in all of their encounter, the first words that come out of the angel's mouth is, do not be afraid. Or, in King James Version, fear not. Fear not. Even the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul, he just arrived in the city of Karin. He's planting the church. Now, Karin, the Karin city is famous for a lot of things, but there were a lot of reservation and doubt. And the angel of the Lord said, the Lord said to him, don't be afraid, keep on speaking, don't be silent, for I am with you, no one is going to harm you or attack you because I have many people in this city. And I believe this word is for someone this morning. Do not be afraid. I am with you. I have many people in the city. And so, the presence of God is a very reassuring anchor. Sometimes we forget the presence of God. We got to drop the anchor of God's presence. Let me go on quickly. The anchor of God's purpose. Keep your courage. And this is the words of the Apostle Paul telling the sailors, the centurion who were with him in the ship. Keep your courage, man. Everybody, all of us are in the same boat. But I can keep my courage. Why? For I have faith in God 
that it will happen just as He told me. And because of the purpose of God, every one of you will be saved. Paul is saying, I have God's purpose in my life. God told me, for whatever reason, I must reach Rome and appear before Caesar. Now on that basis, all of you will be saved because I need to reach Rome. Hallelujah. You know, this Christmas season, you also find there's a story about a man called Simeon in Luke chapter 2. Now Simeon was an old man. He had been told by the Spirit of God that he will not see death until he see the Christ. The purpose of God in his life is he will not see death until he see and beheld the Christ. So God's purpose is larger than all the fears and all the tragedy that some of us are facing because based on God's purpose, we will reach our destination. Someone say amen. There's a purpose. That's God's purpose for our life. And so the angel of the Lord says, based on that, you know, the rest of the 275 sailors with you will be saved. Anchor of God's purpose. Finally, we read the anchor of God's present, uh, promise. It says, you may, the angel of the Lord told Paul, and Paul told the sailors, you may lose the cargo, you may lose the tackle, but you will lose a sheep, but all of you, none of you will be lost. Sometimes when we go through storms, we will lose some things, but nothing compared to the life that you and I have. Can I hear an amen? Things can be replaced. Money can be replaced. Hallelujah. Some of us, we have suffered loss in finance. Money can be replaced. Cars can be replaced. Things that you and I cling on, all those things can be replaced. But life cannot be replaced. And so, God is telling Paul, you may lose some of it, the sheep will eventually be lost, but I can guarantee you 276 men, none of it will be lost. You see, in God's perspective, life is more important than cargo. In God's perspective, life is more important than things. In God's perspective, life is the most important. And I challenge you to go back and read Acts chapter 26, I mean 27. The last words, every one of the 276 swam to the shore. No one was lost. Just as Paul the Apostle said, God's promise. You see, sometimes we forget God's promise. When I first became a Christian in the 70s, I don't know, for whatever reason, I attended a church and they preached. Many pastors will preach, you and your household shall be saved. As a young Christian in the 70s, I believe that. You and your house will be saved. Acts chapter 16. I believe it. Today, all of them are saved. You've got to believe God's promise. You've got to believe God's promise. And so, whatever that God has promised us in your life as a Christian... You've got to believe. Yeah, the storms were threatened. The way were beat into your conviction. But you've got to believe that at the end of it, not one will be lost. And it's important for us to realize that all of these people were saved. 
according to God's promises. God's present, God's purpose, and God's promise. This morning, I'd like to leave you with these words that whatever crisis you and I may be facing, drop your anchor. Don't allow yourself to be drifted. drifted. Don't, don't allow yourself to be throwing off things. Sometimes we think by throwing it, it off, we are able to save ourselves. In this case, they threw everything off. Still, they were facing the same danger. And some of us are guilty of it. The tendency of being impulsive is there. Whenever we face something we don't like, we just throw it off. Things actually are very important. We just walk away. But this morning, don't drift, don't discard, and finally, don't get despair. Hallelujah. Shall we all stand this morning?